I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Cavs on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Cavs. It is Sunday. February the 5th, and the Cavaliers are five and a half hours away from playing against the Indiana Pacers for the third time this season, the first since December the 29th. So starting off today, we're going to look at a little history because five multi-time NBA All-Stars played in their first ever game on this date in league history. Vince Carter made his debut for the Raptors and went over Boston. Brad Miller, his debut for the Hornets, surprise, surprise, in a 78-66 loss to the Sixers, a very different era of ball. 14-time All-Star, Dirk Nowitzki, his debut for the Mavs in a six-point loss to Seattle. Paul Pierce, we don't like him here, but a heck of a career. Can't disagree with that. 10-time All-Star, debuted for the Celtics. And three-time All-Star, Peja Stoyakovich, made his debut for the Kings in a loss to the Spurs. The only two moments specifically in Cavs history on February 5th, Manute Bull blocked 12 shots against the Cavs on this day in 1987. Pete Maravich scored 50 against the Cavs on this day in 1972. So nothing overwhelming there, but it's history. That's history, yo. Let's talk about that Grizzlies game because I know I'm not the only one with a sour taste in their mouth watching what happened. Dylan Brooks, this is not the first time he's made negative headlines, and it certainly will not be the last. Essentially, what happened, what I'm going to guess happened, what we can guess happened, is he was frustrated again because he couldn't keep up with his man again. Don was having a horrible shooting game, okay? We can't disagree with that. It's a fact. But with 5.56 to go in the third quarter, Mitchell knocks down a three off a pass from Evan Mobley. On the next possession, Dylan Brooks misses a shot. By the eight seconds after the make is when Dylan Brooks missed, got blocked by Mobley. Going for the rebound, he decides to, he falls down, goes to roll over. Then he kicks, attempts to kick Donovan Mitchell in his his groin area. Okay, dirty, dirty, dirty play. Initially, my reaction was watching the replay. Donovan Mitchell, you need to keep your cool. You should be better than that. You need to rise above it. But seeing what actually happened in that, I thought originally, you know, he might have been going for an ankle or it might have been something else, but it's pretty clear. Tried to roll over onto him and punch him up under in a spot where no one should be getting hit like that by anybody ever, especially in an NBA game, let alone an NBA game on national television. So Dylan Brooks does that. Mitchell responds by chucking the basketball at him. The whole fight ensues. Shout out to the security guard for taking Dylan Brooks down. Absolutely love that. Get that man on the ground. No one really needs to see him on the court anymore. Dylan Brooks is ejected. Donovan Mitchell is ejected. The flagrant two is called on Mitch, excuse me, on Brooks. Evan Mobley, surprisingly, was the one to take the free throws, and he made both. On the previous end, Desmond Bain had made the technical, for which was called against Mitchell. So at the time of ejection, the score of the game was 81 
76 Cavs. They went on to win 128-113. They were plus 10 between the ejection and the time the game came to an end. And it's pretty clear. I'm not the only one. A lot of people would agree with it. Dylan Brooks does not belong. Dirty players exist, okay? Grayson Allen, terrible, okay? He's as bad, arguably worse for some of the things he's done most recently, the injury to Alex Caruso last season. You know, he's been horrible. We've seen Marcus Morris try and intentionally knock Luka Doncic out of games on several occasions. It's a different era of basketball than the one we used to see. Before I was born, before a lot of a lot of people watching the game now were born, you know, the 80s, the 90s was physical. They joke that the earlier years that these guys are playing against plumbers, and that's part of why the dominance was there. I'm not here to debate that or talk about that, agree or disagree with that. But it's true, as someone that loves the NBA, passion for ball comes from the NBA, my interest in anything in this world all starts because of how much I loved the NBA at such a young age. And I would agree with some of the pundits, the older fellas, that the game has gone soft, okay? Doesn't mean I dislike it. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop watching it. Doesn't mean I'm going to overly complain about it. It is what it is. You know, it's a player's league now. They want to keep guys healthy if possible because of you don't want your stars sitting, except for back-to-backs, of course. But health-wise, you don't want to see injuries. They call a lot more. They, they don't allow hand-checking. The offensive foul versus the charge is something that's not clear. You know, the coach's challenge can only be issued in certain situations. You only get one. All right, but the league is soft because they don't allow the type of contacts that they used to. So you're seeing more free throws from guys you wouldn't normally expect to go to the line. And with this week... We saw the Grizzlies fight. We saw Mo Bamba and Austin Rivers have beef. We've seen other types of situations around the league in, in recent months. The Mo Bamba-Austin Rivers situation, by the way, LOL. Mo Bamba saying, this ain't high school. After Austin Rivers missed a three, Rivers got mad. Five players ejected. Rivers and Bamba each getting suspended several games. Jalen Suggs getting a game. Probably shouldn't have. Well, that's what Magic Twitter says. Interesting indeed, but what happened there is nothing compared to what Dylan Brooks did. You don't do that. Think about it. This isn't college. This isn't high school. This isn't a young league. This is the National Basketball Association, a billion-dollar industry. These guys are supposed to be role models for young players. Remember the video of those third graders that just kept bragging and showing off? You can have your opinion whether you think it's okay or not. But in a way, it's still disrespectful no matter which way you, which side of the coin you're on. And to see Dylan Brooks doing things like this, these are the guys that inspire the next generation. Everybody's watching John Morant nowadays. Cavs fans, Heat fans, Grizzly fans, college fans. Everyone wants to see John Morant. Who is he going to dunk on next? What crazy block is next? Are he going to do a 720 layup? Who's the next victim of one of his posters? He's one of the most athletic players in the game and maybe all time. His bounce is second to none right now. His teammate is out here kicking people in the private area on a nationally televised game. It's going to get more viewers than a local telecast. And on a team, by the way, that just dances 
thinks they're above the rest of the league when they haven't even been to a conference final since the grit and grind era was still about. No one's left from that. No one, the only guy still relevant in the league today from that is Mike Conley, who was playing with a bunch of our old pals from Cleveland. Good for Mike Conley. Maybe he'll get traded to a contender. Who knows? But those guys cannot enjoy what they've been seeing. I imagine Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol see what happened. They're like, what the heck is going on? What is this? This isn't ball. I know ball. This isn't ball. It's terrible. And also Rudy Gay, by the way. He wasn't a big part of it, but he's he's playing with Mike Conley in Utah just to finish that. But what, what is going on there? What is happening in Memphis? It's a good basketball team. I'm not going to take that away from them. They left the Cleveland game with a 32-20 and 20 mark. They're second in the West, five games behind Denver. But they got to be better. They're role models, man. People are going to start doing what Dylan Brooks does in their game, and they're going to be like, what are you doing, man? Who showed you that? Why? Someone really might say, oh, I want to be Dylan Brooks. You don't like that at all. People have their beef with Draymond. He's done some very dirty things, especially involving the Cavs. Remember, he kicked Steven Adams in the same spot. Brooks kicked Donovan Mitchell. At least he plays the game usually with respect, although I'm not here. A lot of people are probably going to disagree with that. I enjoy the way the Warriors' offense runs, despite despising the way Draymond's antics can get in the way of a game. The way him and Curry can just fire these passes to each other and to Clay, the ball movement, the trust. There are not many players in real basketball outside of fiction and anime and movies about players that don't really exist that can do that. So I respect that. I respect Draymond Green a hell of a lot more than I respect Dylan Brooks. It's horrible. It shouldn't happen. And there's no place for that in this game. One game suspension says nothing from the league. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to destroy his, his, him in his private. I'm trying to get under his skin in a physical way that's not allowed. Yeah, let's give him one game. Let's also find Donovan Mitchell 20,000. Okay, that's merited. He was also sticking up for himself. But that's not enough. One game? Really? One game. It's not enough. None of the professional leagues know how to properly suspend people anymore. The longest suspension that I can recall outside of the malice at the palace was when Carmelo Anthony got 15 games for the headlock in that wild brawl at MSG between the Knicks and the Nuggets. I was in elementary school. I remember reading about it the next day. I remember seeing it. And I remember this, the PA man for the Nuggets saying, guess who's back? When Carmelo returns to Denver. Also, how funny it is that Carmelo ended up playing for the Nuggets a few, or excuse me, for the Knicks a few years later. But those are most of my thoughts on the Cavs-Grizzlies situation. Please, next time, give Dylan Brooks more games. Give him a bigger fine. You got to teach him. This ain't going to be the last time. Remember what he did to Gary Payton in the playoffs? He missed several rounds. He did come back in time to close out the NBA Finals, but it could have been a lot worse. Okay. Someone's got to teach him a lesson. So, more to talk about. Step aside, hear from DraftKings, and return after this. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. I should probably hold off right now because they're struggling a bit, but I'm all in on the Cavaliers. 
I'm looking at Cavs spread. I'm looking at the over, and I'm looking for Donovan Mitchell points. I think Don is going to continue to improve as a score from his recent slide. I think we're going to score a lot, and I think we're going to get the win, underdog or not. So download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only if DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner for the NBA, with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Zach Weiss with you on Across the Cavs. We're going to face the Indiana Pacers in action today. Going to be the third meeting of the season, as mentioned at the outset. The Cavs are four-point favorites. The over-under is 226.5. The Cavs money line at minus 202. Indiana at plus 169. So, let's talk about Cavs Pacers from the time LeBron left. Pacers won early in 2018-19. Very early in the year, October 27th. Fast forward, December 18th, 2018. I've shared this clip on Twitter 25 times at least. Larry Nance chips it in at the buzzer. Cavs beat the Pacers 92-91. Indiana goes on the rest of the year. They beat us by 8 and then by 15. Fast forward to the 1920 season. On October the 26th, Cavs win by 11. That felt good. And they lose by seven and nine, two more times in the 1920 year. They go 0 and 3 in the 2021 season, including that TJ McConnell 10 steal performance, and still haunts me to this day. And then we go to last season. Things definitely changed in our favor. The Cavs went 4 0, winning by 4, 13, 7, and 3. All close games. And then this season, December 16th, the Cavs picking up a 118. 112 win. They were plus 17 in the fourth quarter. A heck of a comeback in this one. That was when Donovan Mitchell had 41, made eight threes, 20 and 10 for Garland. They got a solid bench contribution from Jetty, who scored 14. There's the stat about him playing 20 minutes and the Cavs being, I believe, 20 and 11 in those games. 22 and 11, excuse me. He logged 14 points. Karis Levert was a plus 17. And that was when Isaac was still dealing with limited minutes, but it was a good win. Okay. And then two weeks later, the Pacers beat us 135, 126. The Cavs let them shoot 19 of 31 from three. Halliburton, 29. Buddy, 25. Neesmith, 22. Matherin, 23. And the reason the Cavs lost in that one is because nobody except for Isaac Okoro had a good had a good net rating. The only other guy in the positive was Jared Allen at plus one. So since LeBron left, it goes Pacers, Cavs, Pacers, Pacers, Cavs, Pacers, 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 Cavs, 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 Pacers. So that's the recent history in the Indiana Cleveland head-to-head. Let's talk about keys to the game. First and foremost, you have to win the battle on the boards. Indiana is not a big team outside of the center position with Miles Turner starting and some combination now of Daniel Tice, Isaiah Jackson, and Jalen Smith coming off the bench. O'Shea Brissett, not going to destroy you on the glass. Aaron Neesmith, not going to destroy you on the glass. So you have to make sure, though, these guys are athletic. Matherin, too. Extremely athletic bunch. You have to keep them off the glass. The Cavs absolutely need more rebounds in the Pacers if they want to win. This might sound obvious. Do not, and I repeat, do not 
Double team Tyrese Halliburton. They've got shooters everywhere. Buddy Heald has been on fuego. All right, we know that Nemhard can knock down the threes. We know that Miles Turner can knock down the three. Neesmith can shoot. Every player in this lineup can shoot from downtown. Do not double Halliburton. And obviously, when he comes in, do not double TJ McConnell. Halliburton obviously does merit the double team. McConnell likely does not. But we know how he can pass, how he can score. Just you're going to have to put your best defender on Halliburton and work through all the switches. Do not double because they shot 19 of 31 from deep last time. Okay? Only a small chunk of that is because of double teaming, but you have to lock in defensively or this could become a defensive disaster. I just talked about it. You have to guard the three-point line. If Indiana shoots better than 40%, I don't think we're getting the win. Okay, yes, the Cavaliers are the favorite in this contest, but that's that's not enough. That's just on paper. That means absolutely nothing to me. The Cavs being four-point favorites means nothing. Excuse me, it's a five-point five point favorites. They were four when the game first opened. And if you're wondering, the Cavs three and two in their last five against the spread, but nine and 16 in their last 25. The public has 53% of their bets. This is per action network. 53% of bets going in the Pacers' favor. So you got to be confident, though, in the Cavs. I am. I think we're going to get the win. You know, Don is back. The dust-up of last game is behind us. Pacers play very hard. They're a tough, tough bunch. But I think we're getting the win. You know, we're not going to lose another one to them like we did the last time. I think this is a day we're going to get win number 33. Shout out Alonzo G. And Robin Lopez. It's a duck. Cavs are going to be 33 and 22. And with only a few games left before the trade deadline, we're going to have to see what happens. Will Jetty, will Karras, will Lamar, Dylan Windler, will they still be here in a couple days? We'll have an episode on Thursday for you. No question. Talking about the deadline. And all that comes with it. So that will do it for this edition. I'm calling a win. Calling out Dylan Brooks. Calling on the league to pay closer attention to these dust-ups and suspend properly. If Mo Bamba and Austin Rivers got as many games as they did, why didn't Dylan Brooks get more for his actions? It's not the playoffs. You can give multiple games. And for what it's worth, I think Dylan Brooks is one of the worst plus-minuses in the league. His effectiveness is horrible. You'd actually be doing the Grizzlies a favor. Get that man off the court, okay? Please and thank you, NBA. So we'll see you next time on Across the Cavs. I'm Zach Weiss. Peace.